Welcome to the Living the Dream Podcast with Curveball. If you believe, you can achieve. Welcome to the Living the Dream with Curveball Podcast, a show where I interview guests that teach, motivate, and inspire. Today, I am joined by special guest, Donna Jodhan. Donna is from Toronto, Canada. She is a sight loss coach, an author, and an advocate. Donna became an advocate in 2000 when she realized that Canadians with disabilities were facing a plethora of challenges, especially when it came to the internet. So we're going to be talking to her about what a sight loss coach is, and she's even received an award for her av- advocacy. So Donna, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. Why don't you start off by telling everybody a little bit about yourself? Okay. Well, I live and work in Canada. And as you said, I started my uh, journey in year 2000 when I realized that um, there were things that needed to be done in order to enable Canadians with disabilities to have an equal opportunity to apply for Canadian government jobs to start with. It started there because I tried to apply for a job and I couldn't do it because the websites were inaccessible. And then about two or three years later, I applied for a job with Statistics Canada and ran into a lot of attitudinal barriers where they didn't want to issue me the exam to complete because that was part of the application process. They said it was too costly. They said that um, they didn't know where to go in order to get the exam put into Braille. And I, you know, by telling them where to go, um, they refused to do it. So I decided to uh, start some legal action on my part. I took Statistics Canada to the Canadian Human Rights Commission. It took about three years to uh, resolve that case. So. In 2007, it was resolved, but, you know, despite the fact that, you know, they they paid me compensation and everything, I wasn't happy with it. And I decided to go after the Canadian government because their websites were very inaccessible, unnavigable, unusable. And before launching my charter challenge to the Canadian government, I made very sure that I had a case And so I approached one of the leading disability rights lawyers in Toronto. His name is David Baker. And he had no hesitation in telling me that I indeed had a case. We should, you know, move forward with it. So there were a small group, a small handful of associates who I spoke with, made darn sure that I wasn't going up or going down the wrong path. And in 2007, we launched our action. At first, the government said, you know, we know what we're doing. We have everything. Don't worry about it. But when they realized that we were very serious about, you know, bringing legal action against them, 
they spent the next three years, you know, beating me up professionally and personally, saying that I didn't know what I was doing. And they even hired an accessibility consultant from the United States. Her name is uh, Cynthia Waddell. She is now passed on. And uh, they paid her a lot of money to testify to the fact that my claims were incorrect, inappropriate, unprofessional, and everything else. So to cut the story short, we went to court, the Lower Canadian Court in 2010. We won our case there at the lower court, and the Canadian government appealed that decision. And in 2012, we went to the Court of Appeal, and we won the case one more time. Um, We decided not to go to the Supreme Court, because if we did, there could have been a chance that the Supreme Court may have reversed that decision, and then we would have lost all the ground that we had gained. So... We decided not to go. The government decided they didn't want to go. And since then, we have seen certain improvements, but we don't believe it's enough because the main problem here is not just the websites. It's an attitudinal problem. And in 2015, I formed an organization called Barrier Free Canada. And what that organization did was to kickstart a campaign for the federal government to enact an Accessible Canadian Act, which is somewhat similar to your ADA Act. And that was eventually brought into legislation in 2019. But even at that, um, there's a lot of work to be done. There are a lot of attitude barriers to break down. There's a lot of everything to break down. And I guess we could only say one step at a time. Some departments are very eager to, you know, get going and get working on it. But I would say there's a lot of homework to be done. And in addition to my advocacy efforts, I do other things as well. I write audio mysteries, which I started in 2010. I've written three seasons of um Detective DJ and the Crime Crushers, and I've sold a lot of these episodes, audio episodes worldwide. And I've also produced um, a Christmas box set, and I'm presently working on my fourth season and a second Christmas box set, which I will be selling on my um, online store. It's available at the present um, seasons that I have put up there. They are available at www.donnajohnhen.com slash store.html. I also host and run dinner mystery evenings for our community. I think it's important for our community to have a social outlet and to be able to come together and have a lot of fun. So my dinner mystery evenings up until COVID consisted of um, writing, producing, writing, recording, and producing these plays or these mysteries. And I would, you know, also assemble a cast of players um, who I directed, coached, and they were very, very good. 
I also have or had dinner mystery evenings, which consisted of, of mystery games, again, up until COVID. So since COVID, we've had to change our approach um, to find different ways to engage the community. I am also, in addition to being an advocate and an author, I'm also a very active blogger. I'm also a dynamistry writer and producer. I just said that. I am a law graduate from the University of London, England, and I'm a podcast commentator. So I am very, very active. And believe it or not, I am a consultant slash advisor to several Canadian government departments. Right now, I am also working on an initiative with two associates of mine. We are launching the Dear Mrs. Claus Letter Writing Contest, open to all blind and vision impaired kids around the world and deafblind kids. That would be launched right after the Canadian Thanksgiving, which would be on October the 11th. And submissions will close on November 28th on Cyber Monday. And the winners would be announced on December the 12th. We're just putting together um, a page on our website to announce this and also to seek sponsors uh, for this contest. We have three sponsors right now, but the more the merrier. So in a nutshell, this is who I am and what I do. I also play chess. I compose in my electronic keyboard. I do pottery and I knit. So you can ask me any questions about what I've just said. Absolutely. You have a very impressive bio. Let's start off by explaining to everybody what a sight loss coach is and, and when did you start and why did you start becoming a sight loss coach? Well, I decided, let me first say that there is no accreditation to become a sight loss coach. And I've based my title on years of live experience as a blind slash vision impaired person. And I decided to do this because I feel that we need these types of services. I know there are a lot of agencies across North America that you know, offer these services, but there are a lot of people who would prefer to go or have individual coaching, which I have found um, to be so. And what I do is that I work with people to help them be more comfortable with their vision loss, whether it be from birth or whether it be as a child, an adult, or as a senior. And I also work with friends and families of those with who are blind or vision impaired or deafblind. And it could be anything, working with them to help them be more comfortable in the kitchen, in their daily lives, you know, like moving around their homes, um, organizing their bathrooms, their, their kitchen cabinets, their bathroom cabinets. Also how to be more confident when they are on the streets, you know, during snowstorms or dealing with sidewalks that are cluttered with construction. And I do 
a bit of of this and that, as I call it, so that people will be more comfortable on the whole. I have um, a bi-monthly newsletter called the Blind Lifestyle Newsletter, where I produce lots of tips um, in the section called Catching Up with the Coach. And here is where I produce tips on uh, examples of how to pick up broken glass from the floor, how to find and pick up broken eggshells, things like that. Um, how to deal with frying an egg, scrambling an egg. How do you know when your water is boiled? Things like that. That is in the catching up with the coach section. And I also answer questions. I, I pick three questions per month from people who submit questions from me from around the world. And I print the questions, and I also print my responses to these questions. So in, in short, my objective is to help people be more comfortable with what they do daily and not to think of the fact that they don't have any sight or they have limited sight. It's about being able to overcome obstacles and challenges. So let's talk about the, the award that you won for your advocacy. Tell us about that and, and what that award is all about and how important that was to you to win it. Um, this was an award that came out, came out of left field, something that I never expected. And it is the most treasured award of my life because it was the Queen Elizabeth II Platinum Jubilee Award. Something, it's an award that's given out every 10 years to, to mark her, her um, different jubilees. Now, she passed on recently. So you, you've had the Diamond Jubilee, the Silver Jubilee, the Golden Jubilee, and now the Platinum Jubilee. And I was very touched, very honored. I was, you know, everything when I was told that I was nominated to receive one of these awards. And it was given to me for my work in advocacy in what I've done to promote uh, Canadians with disabilities and my work with um, kickstarting the campaign to get the Canadian government to enact legislation. Um, this award was made even more meaningful to me because of it was the last award that Queen Elizabeth gave out, and she gave she gave these awards to mark her different jubilees to various members of the Commonwealth. So I don't know who nominated me. I will never know that. And it's given out to hundreds of folks right across the Commonwealth. So I was one of the fortunate recipients. And because she has recently passed, I know that no one else will ever get a Jubilee Award from her. And this is what it means to me. I, I'm, I'm extremely honored and humbled to have received this award. Well, congratulations on that accomplishment. Tell us about, you just got your law degree in 2021. So tell us about your 
law degree and what kind of lawyer you are. Congratulations on that as well. Thank you very much. Um, you know, as a child, I always wanted to be a lawyer. I don't know why, but it, it appealed to me. But at that time, because there were so many things that would have made it extremely difficult for me to study law, we didn't have a lot of, of things in place like online studying and things like to get your um, materials in alternate formats. It was difficult. So I, I had to forego that dream as a child, but I always had it at the back of my mind. And, uh, oh, my goodness, about 10 to 15 years ago, my elder brother, who is now, he's passed on, he encouraged me to think about it again. He said, you know, it's never too late. Okay, you're now an adult, but think about it. I did think about it. And after encouragement from my mom and others, because my dad had passed on already, um, I decided to pursue an online distance learning program at the University of London, England. So I started in 2012, but I had to take three years off because of work and other challenges I was facing. And I completed it at the end of 2021. I realized a dream. I will not be going to the bar because I just think it's a lot of work and I'm not really, I don't think I have the energy to go to the bar because you have to write the bar exams to become a full-blown attorney at law. And it would probably take me another two years. I, I just don't want to put the energy into that. So what I did is that I obtained my law degree. And in July of this year, I traveled to London, England to receive my degree. I was extremely humbled and honored again, especially so as to when I crossed the stage, I heard my name called and I thought, oh, my gosh, you've done it, Donna. And as I curtsied to Princess Anne, who was the chancellor of the university, she leaned forward and yelled a congratulations to me. And that, to me, is something I will always, always remember. So that was a day in my life I will never forget. And after that, I celebrated with my friends and cousins in London, England. And then I treated myself with a, a side trip to Normandy, France, because I always wanted to visit the beaches and cemeteries where the, those brave young lads gave their lives and were, you know, came, across, came ashore at those beaches. Most of them, or many of them, are now buried in those cemeteries. So I treated myself to that side trip, and now I'm back here in, in Canada and hoping to use my knowledge and my skills to help others become more comfortable and confident when dealing with the legal system here. So I will not be going to court uh, anytime soon. I don't intend to. I would like to help others you know, be more comfortable and confident. And maybe the type of law that I would be involved with would be disability rights law. So that's it. 
speaking of skills and knowledge, you also have a lot of computer certifications. So tell everybody about those computer certifications. Um, dear. I have an ACSP, which is an Apple Certified Support um, designation, Apple Certified Support Professional. I have a Microsoft Systems Engineer certification, which I obtained several years ago. I have a similar designation from Novell. And I also have a wide experience in accessibility testing and consulting and advising, which is what I do to several departments of the Canadian government at the present time. And I also have a certification in translation from French to English from the University of Toronto. And I have an MBA from McGill University in Montreal in international business and finance. And you, you're just doing it all. Tell the listeners about any current or upcoming projects that you're working on that people need to know about. I think right now, one of the projects that is really um, occupying me is the Dear Mrs. Claus letter writing contest. It's, it's a fun project. It's a short-term project. And it's meant to um, give kids seven and older, seven to 12, the opportunity to use their imaginations and to write to Mrs. Claus and let her know what's on their minds. Like how, how would they want to bring more peace to the world? How would they want Santa and Mrs. Claus to help them do this? And it's all about, you know, using their imaginations. Um, the submissions need to be filled with, um, they need to be entertaining, humorous, and on the other hand, a serious side where they would talk about bringing peace to the world. So there are two categories. One is seven and under, and the other one is eight to 12. And they could submit their, uh, their applications either electronically or we will give them the chance to write their letters in Braille. Um, entries should be should not exceed 500 words. So that is the fun project right now. We have three sponsors, and we have some very attractive cash prizes for these little guys. They also have to come up with, with ways of, you know, how Santa can... Uh, lead his or drive his sleigh using guide dogs instead of reindeer and what can Santa do to improve his sleigh with modern technology so it's a bit of this and a bit of that that is my immediate fun project because I have to sort of balance my time in that I still work as a consultant so I, I have to make sure I have enough time um, to do this I also um, am a part of two shows. One is called Ask Donna. And for each week of the month, I wear a different hat. The first week I wear the hat of an advocate, where I talk about different aspects of advocacy. The second week I wear the hat of a, an author, 
providing listeners with ways to improve their strategies if they want to write blogs or editorials or letters or articles, whatever it is. The third week is where I give out tips as a coach. And the fourth week I give out or I pretend to be an expert and I give, again, hints on tips on various things like how to improve the workplace, how to use sound to uh, develop a career in uh, a lucrative career or an accessible career. So things like that. The second show I just started is called Dining with Donna. And what it is, is that every week I give them a recipe or give my listeners a recipe. First, I start off by telling them what implements or tools they're going to need in order to work with this recipe. I then give them the ingredients and then I tell them how to do it. And at the end of my show, I give them some tips just to, you know, get them excited. It's all about how to do things like keep food fresh, working in the kitchen with different things, saving time with, with different little techniques. I also forgot to mention in my um, Ask Donna show, there are two very important features that I have at the end of each show. The first is what I call the mental stretch. So I say, hey, you know, you stretch your arms, you stretch your legs, you stretch your feet, you stretch everything. But what about the mental stretch, which is really, really important because mentally you've got to be ready to move, you've got to be ready to cope, and you've got to be ready to face challenges. And my mental stretch is based on clearing the mind of cobwebs and clutter doing the same for your imagination and sparking and stimulating your creative juices. So it's, it's based on the MIC principle, mind, imagination, and creative juices. And each week, it is based on using a different sense. So like one week, it's a sense of hearing. The next week, it's a sense of smell then the sense of taste, and then the sense of touch. And each of these senses can be used in conjunction with another sense. So let's say, for example, I say to them, we're going to be using the sense of taste this week. How about when you shove a nice, juicy chocolate chip cookie into your mouth and you start crunching and munching, right? Well, the sense of taste is not the only sense that you can use in order to get going on this. You can also use the sense of hearing as you hear yourself crunching and munching and the sense of smell as you smell these cookies. So that is what my mental stretch is all about. And then the final feature of the Ask Donna weekly show is, and I just started this last month, it has to do with Donna's virtual bento basket. And what that is, is that every week I say, for example, my bento basket for this week is going to be a breakfast basket that you can have at home. So I say to them or my listeners, let's think about it this way. What am I going to put in this breakfast basket? 
Well, let's see now. We can put some muffins, bagels, small package of coffee or a small package of tea, a bottle of orange juice, nice cool orange juice. And I make but I make them, but I, I encourage them to sit back and imagine these things in front of them. I think putting this right after the mental stretch is going to help them out to, to relax, recharge, and regurgitate. Another example would be a bath basket. So what do I put into this basket? I put into it bath crystals or bath. I would say lotion or a bath liquid that you can fill your tub with, you know, fragrant scents. Okay. I have, again, in this basket, I have a shower cap so that they don't get their hair wet. I have some nice scented body lotion. I have different things associated with having a bath. So it's all meant to be used, you know, Use your imagination. Use your mind. Help to create, help your creative juices. Spark it and stimulate it. So that's what my two shows are all about every week. Well, how can we check those shows out? Give out your website, any websites or any contact info that we can stay connected yes. with you and check out these shows. Well, for the... Um, ask Donna show, you can go to www.donnajodhan.com slash YouTube. And for the Dining with Donna show, we're still not sure where we're going to put this. It could be on www.donnajodhan.com slash YouTube, or we're not sure where, but we are going to be mentioning them every month. And in addition to this, Anybody who likes anything that I share, I recognize them every month. It's my monthly recognition piece. So their names go into a post every month, and they will see their names there. Perfect. DonnaJodHand.com. Close yeah. us out with some final thoughts, maybe something that I failed to touch on that you want to talk about or just any final thoughts you have for the listeners. You know, people often ask me, well, Donna, why do you keep doing what you do? And my answer is very simple. I want to make a better future for our kids. I grew up and I had to struggle with a lot of things, but on the other hand, Somebody did their homework and did it so that I could benefit from what I have. And I think it's my obligation and my duty to keep, to hand it down to others, to make this world a better world for those kids who are coming after me. Because it's important. Without those kids, there is no future. So this is the driving force behind what I do, what I think. I mean, I live it, I breathe it, I sleep it, I eat it, I drink it. My kids, I don't have any kids of my own. But let's just think of those little guys who deserve a break in life, who deserve to have that bit more than I do. And then they would hand it down 
to those coming after them. And we got to think of those kids who live in countries such as Africa or even the Ukraine or Eastern Europe who are suffering from wars right now. We got to find ways to, to, you know, pass on knowledge, experience and skills to them. So those are my final thoughts. Ladies and gentlemen, DonnaJodHan.com, J-O-D-H-A-N. Please be sure to follow, rate, review, share this episode to as many people as possible. Check out all the things that Donna's up to and that she's going to be up to. Donna, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you very much for giving me this opportunity. For more information on the Living the Dream podcast, visit www.djcurveball.com. Until next time, stay focused on living the dream.